I'm Afshin Ratansi and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from Dubai in the UAE. Today is the 52nd birthday of the most famous journalist in the world, Julian Assange of WikiLeaks, detained in London by British authorities for more than a decade for revealing NATO nation war crimes. After YouTube deleted them, our interviews with Assange are now on Rumble. Assange exposed the killing of Reuters journalists in Iraq in the unforgettable collateral murder video, as well as criminal behavior by governments all around the world. He may have even saved Edward Snowden's life after he aided the escape to Moscow of the CIA whistleblower who revealed Washington bugging of all our phones. But it was perhaps his revelations of how the Hillary Clinton's Democrats sabotaged Bernie Sanders to win her nomination that led to CIA plans to assassinate Assange, the bugging of Assange's lawyers, and the de facto death penalty Assange now faces in the USA under Joe Biden. Clinton, of course, lost to Trump. Well, an increasingly frail Joe Biden now faces Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in upcoming primaries ahead of what looks like a White House race against Trump in 2024. Kennedy, son of assassinated U.S. Attorney General Robert Kennedy and nephew of JFK, says he will pardon Assange. And joining me now from Cleveland, Ohio, is Robert F. Kennedy's presidential campaign manager, longtime Ohio congressman and twice Democrat presidential candidate himself, Dennis Kucinich. Dennis Kucinich, thank you so much for coming back uh, on the show. Last time you explained how important a free press was, how you you were corruptly attacked by U.S. oligarch movie uh, media in your book, uh, The Division of Light and Power. What does it mean to you and presidential candidate Kennedy that Assange is turning 52 today in a London prison? Well, what it means to Mr. Kennedy uh, is that uh, this is a prime example of the government trying to shut down a whistleblower who provided valuable information, not just to the American people, but to people all over the world about the truth behind uh, the United States and other nations' involvement against Iraq. Uh, that war should have never been fought. It was based on lies. Julian Assange was the one person who as a publisher, not, not only a journalist, but as a publisher, uh, took the risk to reveal information that the public had a right to know. And for that, uh, he was uh, kept uh, a, a virtual prisoner in an embassy, and now he is a, a, a genuine prisoner behind bars. This is a travesty. It, it will go down in the annals of history as one of the grave injustices against a truth seeker. Uh, in the United States, our, our First Amendment uh, puts freedom of speech and freedom of the press as being uh, the cardinal principles upon which our democracy is based. And that the attack, uh, the broad attack, using the powers of government to uh, go after Mr. Assange uh, will mark uh, this as one of the dark ages uh, in government. And uh, the United States, uh, certainly the next president, will have the power to issue a, a pardon and I certainly will support that. I've had the opportunity to meet Mr. Assange, and I can tell you that uh, he is someone who uh, sees the importance of truth. This is something that Mr. Kennedy understands. We're told that we should know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Uh, but if we don't know the truth, then we are prisoners. And uh, we need to free Mr. Assange and free this nation and the world of the lies that have been told us that keep us at war, that keep us uh, turned against each other, that make money off of war. And so we, uh, we are at a, a pivotal moment in history 
And uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has stepped in as the truth teller, a uh, man of authenticity, a man of courage. And uh, when elected president, uh, you will see uh, great changes in the way uh, the United States presents itself in the world. What would you tell the British government and British authorities as regards Assange? Because there are reports that his health is in uh, urgent deterioration and, well, he may die in, uh, in London. What, what happens if he dies? What, what happens to Britain's reputation? Uh, well, you know, we, 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 of course, want to see him survive, and the British government has taken a special responsibility to assure his health. Um, the, there's no question that it is the United States that is leading this dance, as it often does, and many places in the world. And uh, this starts from the U.S. And the Biden administration uh, and its uh, predecessor administrations had no interest in Mr. Assange being free because it isn't only that it would be a recognition of the lies that were told to people, but it would open the door for further truths to be shared with people about the way the world really is, Ron. So you, and, think, you, so you know, think Joe Biden refuses to pardon him and refuses to drop all of this, tell his Justice Department to drop all of this, is because he has more secrets? I don't think it's only about uh, President Biden. I think this goes much deeper. It goes uh, deeper into this uh, behind-the-scenes games of I spy in which governments achieve power through occult practices, and it creates a semblance of hidden power which then enables uh, those who are in those in the positions of making decisions to achieve a kind of a magical approach towards world affairs outside of the realm of the thinking of most people. It's a sharply interiorized game, uh, which um, it's a game of nations and it's a game of individuals who are who see the world as some kind of a chessboard and they are prime players. It's, uh, it's driven by a form of egomania uh, melded with megalomania, which can only produce bad results for uh, people all over the world. That's why this Julian Assange case is so important. This is why he, he, he must be pardoned. This is why the world should uh, not just pray for his security, but understand that he's a symbol of everything that has gone wrong in government, of every dirty secret that has ever been buried so that we'd wait uh, 50, 60, 70 years or more to find out what really happened. Even the publications that WikiLeaks partnered with, like The Guardian, tried to destroy his reputation, arguably the UN Special Rapporteur, Niels Meltzer. People can watch our interviews with him, which have been banned by YouTube on Rumble. You said that you met Julian Assange. Did he uh, strike you as uh, an important journalist and a truth seeker, as opposed to how Western media have arguably defamed him? He's, he's, he's very smart, and he's, and he's focused, and... Uh, he's a gentle person. He's funny. He's, um, and, and you know, he's warm. He's the kind of person that um, uh, that ought to be uh, embraced for his forthrightness. He's been turned into some kind of a master criminal by governments who have plenty to hide. And when governments have that much to hide, you know, whatever they're hiding is against the interest of the of the people. So, yeah, Julian Assange uh, uh, represents, in some ways, all of Amer American journalism and the corporatization of journalism 
has carried with it a significant price of basically farming out First Amendment protections <laughs> to big companies that aren't interested in truth. They're interested in clickbait. They're interested in power. Uh, if they're interested in truth, Julian Assange would have never been imprisoned. Dan Ellsberg, who died uh, recently, the Pentagon Papers uh, whistleblower, was a great supporter of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Do you think Joe Biden would have jailed him? He, of course, got off uh, his uh, de facto death sentence because of the Watergate scandal when he uh, helped to end the uh, lies about Vietnam and end the Vietnam War. Well, well we know how... Um how uh, Daniel Ellsberg was hounded after he made that courageous decision to let the world know about what was going on in, in Vietnam through the publication of the Pentagon Papers. Uh, I, I, I knew Daniel Ellsberg very well. He was a good friend, and we spoke often. Uh, but, but look at how this was uh, treated in, in history. I mean, El eventually people understood that Ellsberg uh, is, was a hero, honored as such. And, um, but this is, none of this consideration is being given even after a great period of time away from the Iraq war. None of that consideration is being given to Julian Assange. Why? What's changed is that uh, there are, uh, in the mainstream media, there are so many uh, giants who are linked with other interests. And uh, those interests uh, have, a concern to basically work with the government. And in some cases, they control the government. You know, this is, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a more virulent form of, of agency capture. In this case, the First Amendment is captive. We have censorship in this country that we never saw before because of the cooperation between big technology companies and the government. You know, we've seen government... Uh, able to reach into the lives of independent journalists like Matt Taibbi, uh, going after his uh, tax returns and raising questions while at the same time he's challenging uh, government practices and censorship. I mean, think about what that means. You know, there's something's happened in the United States profoundly affecting our, our way of life. And people know it too. This is why Robert F. Kennedy's presidential campaign is so important because it's based on reestablishing our constitutional freedoms. It's based on seeking the truth. It's based on a deep authenticity that Americans yearn to connect with again. And it's based on healing the national divide, which we've experienced, which often is propagated for purely political reasons. And we know that it's certainly possible for people of all nations to be able to find a way to um, work together and live together. But those who are dedicated to keeping people apart profit from that. They profit from arms sales, they profit from uh, sanctions, they profit from being able to uh, heighten tensions. The world right now is in trouble, make no mistake about it. I mean, we're at the edge of a nuclear war because of the fumbling, the bumbling, the um, un unfortunate uh, policies of, of uh, the U.S. government and other allied governments through NATO to set the stage for greater and greater confrontation. Why? Sell more guns, rockets, uh, munitions. It's all madness. And the madness must stop. And it will stop when Robert F. Kennedy Jr. becomes president of the United States.
I want to get more uh, to the wars in a second. Matt Tybee used to be a friend of this show. He stopped appearing, actually, since he de facto revealed we were being shadow banned in his famous Twitter files, when he, which he did with Elon Musk. Uh, it was uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who retweeted uh, uh, Matt, uh, saying the worse a country is, the more secrets it has. What could a president, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., do to the Silicon Valley companies to uh, enforce the First Amendment of the Constitution? Well, it's not doing to anyone. It's about the government. Having a government which understands that it has no right to reach into the private lives of people, that it has no right to censor speech, that yes, there are limitations. We understand that from a Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes who said that your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. So free speech and it does have limitations. And we, a Kennedy presidency, will reestablish the government's limitations. The governments will, will uh, stop this government spying on people, stop the government using tech companies to do it. This originated with the government and the government using its power with tech companies. This didn't start with uh, the tech companies uh, necessarily coming up with this grand idea about censorship. This was pushed from inside the government. And you know, this is something that uh, tech companies are always willing to cooperate because they have their own concerns about regulation. But what's happened is uh, a toxic admixture which has uh, chilled freedom of speech in this country, which has caused people to be banned or shadow banned, it's, which has put us in a place where uh, we're not unlike uh, countries in the past that would uh, find ways of squelching individuals who had opinions which were contrary to the received wisdom of the uh, political and financial establishment. Dennis Kucinich, I'll stop you there. More from Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign manager after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s presidential campaign manager and twice U.S. Democrat presidential contender himself, Dennis Kucinich. Uh, Dennis, we uh, were talking about wars uh, in the first half. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., would he negotiate peace with Putin? Would he stop sending weapons to Zelensky? How would he... Does he see the Ukraine war as a forever war? One of the forever wars? Well, it's a, it shouldn't be. It should have never been a war. There was a Minsk, Minsk agreement which could have headed off any kind of, uh, of conflict, uh, which we see now. But you have to remember that there are those in the United States government who are driven by ideo ideology. And it's, uh, it's a throwback. They're working with uh, a 19th century thinking that sees the United States as the uh, sole um, uh, agent in a unipolar world. <laughs> That, that type of world has disappeared quite a while ago. We live in a multipolar world where there's power for everyone or, not, or, or for none. And uh, the, that lack of understanding, which exists uh, in our foreign policymakers today, has brought us to the precipice of a nuclear conflict uh, with Russia, of a conflict with China over Taiwan, uh, going uh, back to uh, Ukraine, the congressional district that I represented 
uh, in the United States Congress for 16 years was multi-ethnic. And it contained uh, many Russians and many Ukrainians as well. You know, with each other socially and, um, and, and people, families together, marriages uh, between groups. And, you know, what's happened is a, is, is a horrible effort to divide people for political purposes only. It started years ago with uh, the orange revolutions that were simply to try to uh, establish an area uh, that um, uh, that, po that put Russia forward as some kind of a threat to the rest of the world, totally based on, on power politics. And it continued with the broken promises of not advancing NATO power politics. Nothing to do with the interests of the United States of America, and frankly, nothing to do with the interest of, of the people of Europe. But now, after hundreds of thousands of uh, Ukrainians, uh, men and women have perished in a war that should have never been fought, the war continues. And it seems that the United States and NATO is pushing a war to be fought until the last Ukrainian. This is an abomination. And, you know, well, well none of us in this country support, uh, whether it was called a special operation or an invasion, uh, be, beyond the uh, Donbass. The truth of the matter is that this was precipitated by the failure to reach any kind of an agreement and by an aggression which killed over 14,000 people uh, in, in uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, uh, who the Russian government had a constitutional obligation to defend. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about Ajahn's provocateurs masking as high state officials who come in uh, to uh, escalate and to seize markets, in this case, an, uh, an, an, uh, an oil and gas mar market, uh, blow up a pipeline. Do you believe Joe Biden blew up the Nord Stream pipeline as Seymour Hersh? Oh, I don't think there's any question that, that there are people inside his government who are absolutely involved. No doubt about it. <laughs> Was it some six Ukrainians in a fishing boat? Give me a break. I mean, this is all, I mean, how stupid do the people in Washington think the American people are and the people are abroad? Uh, this didn't just happen. It was planned. And Seymour Hersh wrote a brilliant article that dissected the way it was done. And no one has come up with anything to the contrary, it, you know, except in, in NATO's like round up the usual suspects. The very thought that somehow Russia did this to itself uh, would cause heaven to grow hair. I mean, really, come on. You know, I've been in politics now over 50 years, and I have to tell you, some of the things that they want to get the American people to believe I mean, how gullible do they think we are? And look at what they put off uh, over it in terms of saying that Russia somehow interfered in the U.S. election, in the presidential election. It was a bunch of baloney. And uh, But, you know, here in the States, people have to nod their heads. Oh, yes, that's what happened. No, it didn't. And, uh, and yet the Democratic Party has made it a, a cardinal principle of faith <laughs> that you know, we have to believe this is exactly what happened. No, it didn't happen. And that's part of the problem. Our social and political reality has been restructured. You know, reality is socially constructed. It's uh, culturally uh, authenticated and verified. And we we recreated a social reality in the United States that has made Russia an enemy. It's all based on falsehoods. 
And so Robert F. Kennedy's presidency will start to uh, sort out all of these lies so that we can rebuild relations with a country that at one time we, we, we worked together to secure freedom for the world uh, during World War II. And uh, Russia paid horrible price during that war. Uh, we had many American soldiers lost their lives as well. You know, we, we were into, we're supposed to be in a new world right after that. You mentioned Nord Stream. I mean, people can watch our first uh, global exclusive with uh, Seymour Hersh. But I mean, if you really believe that, why is there no one in the administration saying anything about it? This destabilized uh, energy prices and may have killed tens of thousands of people in Western Europe because of the instability of uh, uh, energy prices, electricity prices during the winter. And Joe Biden, uh, Victoria Newland, Jake Sullivan, and uh, Anthony Blinken would be responsible for that then. Well, there is responsibility. This is not some kind of whodunit or game of clue. You know, that the Biden administration uh, you know, did it with an explosive in the in the deep sea. No, you look at all the facts, and again, I I do I put some um, uh, validity to what Seymour Hersh wrote. You bet I do, and I've also written about it on Substack, where I have my own post about the um, uh, Nord Stream uh, event. Last time you were on the show, you were talking about the corrupt media and uh, all sorts of forces designed to bring down your uh, congressman career, let alone uh, uh, presidential campaigns. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr., his, his father was assassinated on, on television. His uh, uncle, of course, was, was killed in Dallas. What do you say to him as he says he wants to end forever wars, uh, contends that Joe Biden... Uh, may have been responsible for the worst act of eco uh, ecological terrorism because it was also the largest methane emission uh, event in history. What, what does he say to you about threats to him? The, people remember what they did to uh, Donald Trump because he didn't quite fit in. Ironically, Donald Trump being the person whose administration actually uh, uh, started the indictment against Julian Assange, whose birthday it is today. Well, first of all, the thing that uh, your viewers should know about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is he is a person of great courage. He's a person with an historical view. Now, he may not, you know, I'm not speaking for the campaign when I say that it is my serious belief that the Biden administration was instrumental in blowing up Nord Stream. I'm not speaking for Mr. Kennedy on that. He may agree with me, but I'm not speaking for him, nor the campaign. You've written about uh, the Vault 7 documents, the CIA documents that suggest Americans are vulnerable to their uh, cell phones being bugged and so on. Would an RFK Jr. put a stop to the bugging of all their mobile phones? Maybe Americans oh, don't even realize they are. All of it stops. All of the spying, all of the censorship, it ends. That's the, the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution, as far as I understand. Well, yeah, it's July 4th. There's no question. It's about enforcing the Constitution of the United States, something that many of us in America take as our Bible. And it's been uh, 
there's been a sacrilege against that constitution in banning freedom of speech in in, in essentially in, in building up censorship in imprisoning uh whistleblowers uh we we have to reclaim our constitution and and mr kennedy who stands for freedom who courageously uh, has put forth his candidacy for president of the united states is the one person who has the strength of character who has the moral fiber to challenge this um this phalanx of terror which is representing itself as statecraft and we we need to move to a new era where we live together as brothers and sisters or or as uh, president john f kennedy once said we will perish as fools and this is the challenge we have right now if he wins the primaries against the other uh, candidates, he'll be maybe fighting uh, Trump. Ironic, just finally, that uh, uh, the Biden administration is trying to smear Trump as a spy, maybe, using the Espionage Act 1917 that's used yeah, against Julian Assange? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, to smear uh, a president of the United States as a Russian asset, come on. I mean, I saw that at the beginning, and I said, you know, again, baloney. Uh, you... Uh, the kind of politics that that will not even permit a person who is the president of the United States the the to accord uh, uh, him the um, a certain amount of decency uh, and and honor when one takes the oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States and when all that's swept away for partisan purposes it degrades our whole country and this whole thing about President Trump supposedly being a Russian asset. So stupid, it's beyond belief. But they pulled it off, okay? They they got a lot of Americans to believe it, to believe that Russia somehow intervened for his election. Look, that election had a lot more to do with, uh, with James Comey, who made an announcement about 10 days before the general election that put uh, the arc of suspicion over the campaign of Hillary Clinton. And she lost key states as a result of what uh, Comey did. He had more to do with tilting the results of the election than anybody. And yet they put it on, on Russia because that was a convenient thing to do. I, I, you know, all of that game playing ends when Robert F. Kennedy becomes president. We stopped the partisan uh, annihilation, recriminations, the polarization down to a granular level, which has even divided members of families, by the way, in the states. We find a way to knit back the fabric of, of, of human decency and humanity so that we can be one nation again, so that we can uh, work in the world community, recognizing the power that all nations have to determine their own fate. We have 800 bases around the world. What's that about? I, I mean, we, that's about yesterday. And tomorrow it must be about an America that takes a cooperative pose in the world. We can have co economic competition, certainly. But the years of military competition, they have to be put aside. They have to be ended. Dennis Kucinich, well, he's uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going to have to meet uh, Marianne Williamson as well as Joe Biden. Of course, uh, Williamson and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. not being given as much airtime, arguably, in these primaries for 2024. Hope you'll come back on and your uh, candidate. Thank you so much. Thank you.
That's it for the show. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Saturday. But until then, you can keep in touch via all our social media. If it's not censored in your country, and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com, to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you on Saturday.